With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been, and will always be, about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your weekend recap from game one of the NBA playoffs. Eight games in the books. we got a lot to talk about. We've got injuries. We've got drama. We've got underdogs. We've got favorites demolishing. The East is boring. The West is wild. We've got a lot to get into on today's show. And to do it and break it all down, we've got analytics capper, Albert Wynn. You can follow him on Twitter, Analytics Capper. We've also got Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. You can follow him on Twitter and the Action Network app at Wheaton Brando. Fellas, there's a lot to get into about today's show, so I'm going to skip the pleasantries because we got so much we got to dive into. Let's start here. I got a question for you. What was the game one result that shifted your perception or opened the most betting opportunity? So when we look at the whole board, whether it was something where you're like, I got the series wrong, I think that there's value on the other side, or, ooh, this is shift. This is shaping up in a way that there might be an angle for us to play here. AC, what's that? The answer to that question for you? I think there's a lot of possible answers here. I'm interested to see what you guys say, but I think it's going to be the Lakers Grizzly series, especially with John Morant's injury. Um, I think this is pretty much a, a done deal if it if John Morant is going to miss a game or two or even the series. So. I think there's a good opportunity here if you are on the Lakers, you know, plus money before the series started to even add to your position, whether that's a series spread or just the just to, just for them to advance. But I think the Lakers going into Memphis to win game one uh, with four guys that scored over 20 points first time in, since 1988 for that franchise. I think um, I think the Lakers are deep and they look focused. I'll push back a little bit. I think the series goes long. Um, we bet Lakers pre-flop, and I still like that number. Like I still, I think the, I think the Lakers are going to win the series. Um, that worked. Like game one was a great result for that. Looking pretty good there. But I do think that if I get an opportunity to bet and over on on games played, I'm probably going to be looking at that just because 
I have a lot of faith in Memphis to win without Jaw. Now, winning without Jaw and Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, that's going to be tough. But I do think the Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones, et cetera, that was an outlier performance from the Lakers offense. They can do that. It wasn't like an extreme outlier. Like, I like Rui Hachimura. I think he can do that. Um, uh, some version of that. Maybe not Jordan-level performance, but like... <laughs> I, I think Rui Hachimura is good. I love the pickup for them. They have a lot of ways that they can get this win. Anthony Davis is going to dominate this matchup. However, uh, I do think Memphis is probably good enough to make this series go long. Like just in terms of overall team quality, Memphis, even if John misses some time, should be able to get it get in there. Now, we're recording this on Monday morning. If Jaw's out for the series, that changes the dynamic. That's going to shift like the Grizzlies' entire morale. So that changes things. Um, Brandon, let's get your thoughts on, on AC's take on Lakers Grizzlies. And then I'll ask you about your answer to that question. Yeah, I was, I was hoping we get to the, the question of, yeah, what if jaw was just out? What if we find out, okay, jaw's out two weeks or a month or, or out, you know, indefinitely quote unquote, how do we bet it? I I have to say, I looked at the price for Lakers sweep plus four fifty. If Jaw is out and the Lakers go and win game two in Memphis, remember, and then go home for the last two games. I mean, like you said, Matt, the, the morale thing, if you go down 0-2, you lost home court and Jaw's done. And don't forget, Brandon Clark is done and Steven Adams is done. Like we're run out of bodies quickly in Memphis. I feel like that is in the play Lakers to win game two and the series without it needing to be a sweep is just plus 150. So, yeah, I, I think I was on Lakers coming into the series. I actually thought the Grizzlies would win game one. So I did this to myself a couple times this weekend. I bet the wrong side, even though I had the right long-term side. I feel better about my Lakers to win the series. I have to say, I feel a little worse about the Lakers overall. After after seeing these last couple of games, I am a little less excited about my long-term Lakers futures, even though the path this round gets a little better. Obviously, you know, Hachimura is hitting a lot of shots and Austin Reeves is him apparently in the fourth quarter. I, I'm a little underwhelmed with what I'm seeing with this team. And and I was ready to just tear up the tickets and throw them out because Anthony Davis looked like the Anthony Davis thing. And I was like, oh, well, Davis is done. Series over, Lakers over, Lakers swept the end. Like, you know, it's, it's, we're right there. We couldn't even get through one half of Anthony Davis ball. So yeah, I like the Lakers in the series. But I also was reminded of why to not get too excited about them from an injury standpoint and just from a it, it, is, a, it is extremely a flawed team, way too much D'Lo and Hachimura and these other guys. Everyone's getting real excited about, ah, oh, they got all the right pieces now. And, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura are not the right pieces for me. So, yeah. One final point, the Lakers or, the, or LeBron here, I know it's 2023. He's well past his prime. He's not going to have those 40 10 and 10 uh, games in the playoffs every every year but he has a, a history of taking care of business in the first round whether it's a sweep whether it's a gentleman sweep so he can rest up for future rounds again i'm not saying he's at that level still uh, as a player but i think he understands the potential here or or the uh the opportunity here mm -hmm. to get to get rest and plus lebron didn't even play well that in game one, right? He he had a good defensive game. He had a couple of highlights there. I think he ended up with three blocks, but offensively he was careless with the basketball and he wasn't really good shooting as well. So I think we're going to see a, a good LeBron game, whether it's two or three. Um, I still think I agreed with you, Matt. 
heading into the series, I thought this was going at least six or seven, but you know, I thought that was a kitchen sink game for the Memphis Grizzlies and they still lost. I think it's going to be a short series. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get an update on John. We'll react to that uh, on the pod as news comes available and on the Action Network app. Brandon, what's the game one result that shifted your perception or opened the most betting opportunity for you? So I'm going to answer that more the latter here. I guess it's, it's a little bit of both. The Warriors is the answer for me. And the Warriors lost game one. But guys, I'm back. Let's bet the Warriors. And I'm not betting them to win the series. I actually still feel a little tenuous about that. They're down 0-1 and the Kings look like they're ready for the fight. I think if you want to bet the Warriors because they look like the Warriors, because I think that they do, then you have to listen to what we just said. And so, well, are the Lakers what we thought they could be? The Grizzlies might not have John Morant. The Suns are down a game. That opens a path that maybe they like. Suddenly the Warriors path is looking pretty tasty to me. I really just was prepared after 82 games of regular season to just be like, guys, what are we doing? The Warriors, we've, they've told us who they are all year long. They've told us how mid they are. And maybe you're listening at home. You're like, yeah, and they did in game one. They looked great, and then they didn't, and then they blew the game, and that's what the Warriors are. That's who they've been all season. Man, I feel like I saw flashes. I saw flashes of the title team. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how this is me in 2023. Seeing my guy Wiggins back out there, like that changed everything for this team. He is so important to what they do. And I know he missed a wide open three, which the Warriors will tell you they'll take every single time. That was absolutely the right decision. It's a great shot. He missed it. Wiggins looked great. Wiggins was scoring great in the first half. All those cuts, all those easy looks. He rebounds well. He, he is the defensively, he really adds to what they can do. And there were some problems in that game. But I think when Fox had Wiggins on him, they looked a lot better. I hope Wiggins gets into the starting lineup soon and they kind of rebalance the rotations and the lineups that way. I think that they just need, even if the minutes aren't quite there, just to rebalance out how things, how the rotations go and everything. Uh, but I, I just think Wiggins back, Gary Payton looked really good and looked very important for them. And that was a big addition. I was very down on this team coming into the year and all year because of the lack of defensive pieces. Wiggins and Peyton move the needle a lot for me there. I think if you're playing them, you got to think big. I don't think you play the series because I think the series price is actually going to not be great right now because they're down 0-1 and the Kings are good. But I think if you think the Warriors look like the Warriors again, I think you play them to win the West or maybe the title, whichever one you think. Okay, I have a, a lot of things that shifted my perception, but I'm actually going to address the my open the most betting opportunity because it's the exact opposite of what Brandon just said. Brandon, <laughs> uh, I am on the exact opposite here. I think that there is, like, I am willing to go ahead. Mm, it's a soft, it's a pencil, because I have a lot of faith in Steph. It's a soft cross-out. Here's why. And I didn't, this wasn't just me thinking it. It's one of the things I thought, but then I also heard it reaffirmed on the Light Years pod uh, with Andy Lou and Sam Esfandiari. They talked about how one of the reasons that LeBron plays heavy minutes is so that he can end series quickly. The Warriors have tried to manage minutes because you don't want guys getting in too much of a load. They can't do that. This is going to be the most taxing playoff run the Warriors have ever had because their depth has never been worse. Their margin for error has never been smaller. Steph's going to have to play 40 plus 
most of the games in order for them to get through. And with them losing game one, this is already not like, I don't expect them to reverse sweep the the Kings. Kings will get one more somewhere along the way. So this is probably going six at least. Then you're into the next round. And then you're into the, like, they have such a bad bench compared to how they've been historically. They can't do the, Steph's going to play 30 minutes and they're going to be plus 30 in those minutes. They can't do it anymore. They don't have the depth. The team isn't that good. So, like, I agree with you that, like, they looked like the Warriors because they're always going to look like themselves. But the problem is that only happens when Steph's on the floor. So Steph has to play more minutes. And if Steph's playing more minutes, Draymond's going to play more minutes. And if Draymond's playing more minutes, you got to balance that with shooting. So Clay's got to play more minutes. Like, Jordan Poole got annihilated in the minutes that he was on the floor. This is really concerning. They're going to have to play so many minutes, Brandon. I don't know that they're going to have anything left, and that's why I don't think that they're a futures play. AC, what do you think? Matt, you know how I feel about the Warriors. It hasn't changed all season long. Um, Not only am I very, very bearish on their long-term outlook, um, but they have to win road games. And each series that they're going to play, let's say they advance in this series, they're not going to have home court in the next one. They're not going to have home court in the next one. They're definitely not going to have home court in the finals. So, um, or hypothetical finals. I'm, I've been on the Kings in this series, pre-series. I like them game one. I think everyone's going to expect the, the Warriors to tie this 1-1. I wouldn't be so sure. Brian, I'll give you the last word on this. Yeah, I, I would say, first of all, they might have home court in the next round because we all think the Lakers are going to win, and that would give the Warriors home court in the next round. So that part of my cap is I actually feel much better about a second-round matchup for them. And I and so then I, that makes me not so worried about the mileage and the attrition that I because of what we saw in Lakers Grizzlies that I feel better about the matchup for the Warriors than I would have. I think too, look, we we didn't see those huge minutes in game one, and the Warriors almost won anyway, despite that the Kings had almost everything go right. They had a huge game from Fox and from Monk. They had a ton of offensive rebounds. They made a ton of shots down the stretch. They lived at the line, and the Warriors still had a shot to win in the last minute on the road, by the way. And I know they didn't get it. But it's not like there was some outlier minutes, whatever thing. The Warriors just did their thing. I mean, they the, they played Steph played thirty eight, and he needed to play more. Yes. I mean, yeah. Well, it, because Steph had the terrible plus minus, and while he was off, like that's the easy takeaway. He's plus eleven. They lose by three. That's it's easy to say. Okay, we'll play forty two, then the Warriors win. But if I look at the rotation, here's where I'm doing. I'm looking at the rotation last year to this year. This is where I'm at. So correct me where I'm off here. Obviously, Steph, Draymond, the guys are all older. Like, we can't do anything about that. So just that alone. Clay is better this year. Very clearly better this year than he was last year. He's he's back. He got a lot better down the stretch. So that's a big plus. Wiggins is back and rested. I'm assuming that that's good for them. Wiggins can play like 45 minutes a night. He can play all the minutes that he wants, and he's going to have to. If he's not, if he's like not in game shape yet, then I'm bad on this. I'm assuming lots of Wiggins. Gary Payton, second. He did not play part of the playoffs last year, and it took them a while to figure out how to use him in the playoffs last year. So having him ready now, that's an improvement. Kuminga is much better this year. Kuminga was unplayable last year, and I think in this series is actually going to be an important role for them. So really the change from last year then is no Otto Porter, who I was very high on. I thought was excellent, and we got Dante instead. Otherwise, this is last year's team that won the title Kind of somewhat easily at the end of the day, Dante instead of Otto. I don't. I, is is where's the rotation fall off? 
Last thing I want to say is the biggest difference isn't the Warriors from last year. The teams are better than this year compared to last year's. So the competition is, in my opinion, way better. Remember, there were a lot of injuries last year. Yeah. Warriors had a really, really nice path to get to the finals. Um, and I can argue game one wasn't even a good game for the Kings, to be honest. So Who did I they still get think around last year? It was remember. Nuggets and then somebody and then... Mavs in the conference finals. I forget who the Warriors played in, in round Memphis. two. Memphis. Memphis. That's oh, right. Yeah. Without jaw. Yeah. But we'll be interesting to see. AC, before I get you out of here, I got a question for you. Cause and then we'll hit with Brandon um after you bounce. Uh I had priors going in on on Cleveland. Hey, they're gonna be able to rebound with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and Isaac Okoro is gonna play because he's really good. And he was plus six, and then uh JB Bickerstaff threw him in the bushes for no apparent reason because he missed <laughs> some shots. Um, and then like I had priors on you know, Golden State in terms of like their defense showing up, not did not look good in game one. Um, I had most of the other priors, I think, I think worked out fairly well in terms of like what I expected here. But my question for you is you have these ideas for a series, you like lay it all out. And obviously like a series is seven games or six or however many you think it's going to go when a game one or an individual game, how much should that impact you as far as like how you bet? Does that, like, should you be adaptable and look to profit off of where you may have been wrong and go the other way? Or should you be like, that balances out and maybe shows that you don't have a feel for the series and you should maybe avoid those games? How do you balance that? No, that's a great question. I think it varies in impact. I think when it comes to game ones, if the home team loses, I think that's a really big tell. So your example of the Knicks and Cavs, I think the Knicks right now are, are they have the advantage, right? Because they have home court it flipped um the thing with the knicks though we know they're not a really good home team at madison square garden so that kind of negates itself uh but to answer your question i think it varies in impact from a betting perspective me personally i still view games like one by one mutually exclusive so i know we talked about big trends earlier and all the way back to 2003 i think that's important to get a a story or a picture of what may it may look like but it's more important to look at the actual games, how many of those open shots were missed, how many of them were contested, things like that. So um, that's why I still like game two Kings. That's why I like Cavs game two, because they just miss a bunch of open shots. Okay, we bid farewell to Albert, who's got other engagements, and Brandon and I are going to wrap this up. Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on that about when you're off on a series, at least from a one game, right, and you are – better at this than i am and also way more confident like you tend to be like nope that was the right play i'm on it 100 times out of 100 <laughs> um but when you do find yourself like wow i really thought that this was going to happen and it didn't how do you how does that impact you betting throughout the series yeah i think a couple of ways one you and i are very different and like you really like to build positions and say okay i've got this spot let me add here let me kind of focus in as we move toward whether that's an award or I think even on a series kind of honing in on, let me make sure I've got the bullseye spot here. I think that way a little bit, but for the most part, I tend to I, really, if I'm making a new bet, I just want my new bet to be the right bet right now. I'm not necessarily saying, well, I do have this stock already. How do I add this? And how do I like diversify or balance the portfolio? I'm going to try to, play this side or this game right now. And I'm going to bet on the Cavs now to try to balance out my Knicks Cavs series. 
I've tried that and it just doesn't go well for me. It's, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm just chasing too much to try and you're very good at it. You, you, you get the position cornered. I can't get there. And I would rather just say, okay, like if I feel like, Oh man, I, I was way off on that one. Um, if I, you know, certainly like warriors Kings, I had warriors to win game one. And that was a big part of how I capped the series. That didn't happen. The Warriors lost game one. If that happens, then my instinct, what I want to do is, is chase and go like, okay, how do I fix it? How do I fix this bet now? How do I get the money back? And chasing and getting your money back is, is a really good way to lose more money as a better. So yeah. I try to not do that. Beyond that, I think if anything, if there's a read where I feel pretty good about it and I feel confident and the shots just didn't fall or the coin flip just didn't go my way, then I just go back to the well and bet it again, usually. I will say this though, we did on our uh, other episode for Tuesday night, the Hawks Celtics game. I had a couple of Hawks props in game one. There's really nothing about them that went horribly wrong. Okongwu had five offensive rebounds, just like I thought that he would. He just couldn't score to save his life. Sadiq Bey couldn't score. And the Hawks were so bad and so terrible, even though I said they would be, that I was like, what was I doing betting on two different Hawks to score 10 points, basically? Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. So I think for me, it's either be confident enough that the bet was pretty good and you just got to go back to it again and count on volume and not be myopic. Or if I'm scared off, then I probably just scare off enough to sit out and say, okay, no props. Like no props for me on this side. I'm not, no Hawks. I'm just done. And there's more games. There's a lot more playoff games to come. And if the Hawks look fine, then I'll be back in game three. Yeah. And like, I, I appreciate you saying like, I do a good job of it, but like, I also say this, what you're talking about with chasing is like really important because like Cavs next, I think is a good example of this where I could wind up being right. Like the Cavs could definitely reverse sweep. Like I, I took Cavs minus one and a half Cavs minus two and a half on the series price took Cavs game one. Right. Like had the number. That's why I played that game. And then Knicks win game one. And like, was there one, was there wonky stuff when I get under the hood of that game and go like, like I felt better after rewatching it and doing the dive. We'll get to that in a second. But like, for the most part, I'm like, I don't know that I'm as dead as I thought I was on Saturday night. I might be still live here. That might have been just been like an outlier. Nice game by the Knicks. Mm. Uh, the other end of it though. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to do either of the options. I'm not going to be like, Ooh, I can get a better price on calves. I'm going back in. And I'm not like, well, I was really wrong on that. I'm going to bet the Knicks now to try and balance it out to where I don't lose money. You're going to lose money sometimes. Like this is gambling. You're just yeah. going to lose, cut your losses, move on. Like that's where I'm at with Cavs Knicks. Cause I'm just like, I didn't have the feel for the series that I thought I did. Don't make it worse. If by game three, I feel like I've figured out something I'll play that. But like, a great example of this is I was on Isaac Okora overs because I was like, he is going to be a really important player in the series. They're going to be better with him on the floor. And I was right. They were plus six with Isaac Okora on the floor. But you know what? Bickerstaff didn't play him. So it doesn't really matter if the if the coaching staff is like, we're better off with Chetty Osman. Okay, great. Like, <laughs> keep rolling out Karis LeVert and Chetty Osman. Let's, let's go, JB. Um, this is, I need a short answer on this one because I want to get to the series yeah. dives. What game should we re react the most to as betters? I think the Suns. The Suns losing game one, I think, genuinely opens up the possibility that they just might not even get out of this round. Like, I'm not saying that I'm picking the Clippers, but I think that that is 
a thing that we didn't really give much credence to. We, not me and you, just we, the world, did not really give the Clippers much chance because PG was out and that was that. I just really am underwhelmed by the Suns. We finally saw Kevin Durant's Suns play an actual team and Kevin Durant's undefeated Suns against not real teams are now defeated Suns against real teams. They're 0-1. They've never won a game against a real team. I'm worried about the rotation. Matt, all the things you said about the Warriors and the attrition and the minutes, that's the Suns to me. If mm. Durant and Booker and like CP, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's a CP still happening in there. And Dan Rayton, I am never been in on. And that's it. That's the whole team. There's no other guys after that. Booker and Durant can be all the awesome they want, but they can only play, for, even if they play all 48, there's still three other dudes on the court. I, I'm worried about the Suns. Again, I had no opinion really coming into the series. I didn't bet this any direction. I've yet to buy into the Suns. Part of why I, I made the case on the Warriors and everything, it's all because I just, I, I think still the Suns are getting too much credit. I kind of wish that they had actually won because the odds would have left more ripe for the picking in the other Western teams. I would have bought some Nuggets and some Warriors and, and taken advantage of it, but I'm worried about Phoenix. The if not Suns, then who is probably the biggest opportunity based off of yeah. the game ones. And like, I'll say like, I'm not out on Phoenix yet. We'll see. Um, Clippers are, are going to have like, there are adjustments and there are going to be things that go haywire in a week. We could be like, remember when we thought the Suns were in trouble? Like that's entirely possible. <laughs> um, I will say like, it's interesting to be, because I think everyone's very tempted to go like, Ooh, Warriors, Ooh, Lakers, look at these prices. And on the other hand, you have the Denver Nuggets who just like walked into game one and looked like a one seed and were the only Western conference team to be like, yeah, no, we're, we're serious. Like we're, we're a serious team. Like we're actually way better than our opponent. We're just going to smash them. So, yeah. but again, let, we'll, there could be let me just ask you a quick matchup question. Cause you're better at this stuff than me. I haven't thought ahead that much. If, if I'm right that the Suns aren't making the deep run and I don't even know that I'm saying that, but if that's a possibility, if I liked what I saw from Denver, if I'm a Denver fan, if I'm Denver basketball, do I want Phoenix or the Clippers next round? What's the matchup I prefer? You want Clippers. They've dominated them. They've destroyed them. Yeah. Um, Booker, CP3, and KD will make life difficult for Kate for Jokic. People will go back to that 2021 series, which you should not. That was no Jamal Murray, um, a much worse bench, and Jokic was exhausted from having to carry the team down the stretch after like a huge high usage season, um, very different dynamics now. And he's figured out Aiden, like Aiden, this is what always happens with Jokic is a guy gives him trouble for about a year. And then Jokic goes, Oh, okay. I got it. And then you're dead. And ask Rudy Gobert how that goes. Like, you're just like, Oh, you're one of the best defensive players. And you can't do anything. Like you're just, now you're inept. Everyone turned, like he makes everyone else turn into what everyone thinks he is as a defender. Like, that's that's what Jokic does. So um, I think that the Nuggets are in a really good spot right now. I think that they feel confident in the Phoenix matchup and they have destroyed the Clippers. But between the two, you definitely want the Clippers because Avita Zubash, Mason Plumlee is definitely not it versus Jokic. So it, it, let's say the Suns lose in six this round. Whatever reason the Suns go out, it, are the Nuggets the team that benefits the most? Who benefits most from the Suns losing this round other than obviously the Clippers? Is it the Nuggets? Is it the Warriors or Lakers? It might be the who's, Lakers. Who's like, thank God the Suns are gone? It might be the Lakers. Hmm. It might be the Lakers. I mean, I think Denver gets a way easier path, but Denver still, like if Denver gets LA, it's still going to be the Lakers. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of history there. 
Um, what game should we react the least to? What's like the game that you're just like, don't overreact to this one? Yeah, this was for me the easiest question on the list. Milwaukee, don't care, don't care, don't care at all. Miami, no, I'm not phased. In fact, I'm actually annoyed because the books are saying the same thing. And I was like, all right, let's go. Give me some Milwaukee futures. Let me get, let me get in. And first of all, it looks right now as we're taping Monday at noon, it looks like Giannis is probably going to play game three or game two, which is not shocking. The dude, I mean, we were on this podcast a couple of years ago and we reacted like, oh no, he looked like he like blew his knee out. He's not, he's done for the playoffs. I hope it's not long in the next season. And then he just played the next game and then they won the title. And, you know, he dropped 50 in the, in the clincher. So the, the guy, you know, we've talked for years about LeBron being a cyborg and he just plays through everything. Giannis, if he just comes back out and just does the Giannis stuff, he'll be fine. Miami's not good. And the Bucks are going to win. I, I honestly, I'm kind of hoping Giannis sits game too, because I will really like Milwaukee in that game without Giannis at a reduced price if that happens. I honestly think the biggest takeaway from watching that Bucks game, Chris Middleton looked great. Chris Middleton looked much better than I've seen most of the season. I thought he was really good. I think the Bucs are fine. The defense will be good. I don't want any Miami futures. I don't want any Cavs or Knicks. The Bucs are going to be the Eastern Conference Finals, assuming Giannis doesn't have some major thing wrong. They are a team that can win without him. They did it all year long. I don't care. They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine, but I think the series is going long. I think that's an indication of Milwaukee's relative strength, which is what the, all the advanced figures told us. Like... I just got to re I just, I'm going to have to keep reaffirming this. The Boston Celtics are the best team in the Eastern conference. Like agreed. This is, I, I, I think the same thing, but, but yeah. the advanced summers all think the heat suck too. That's true. That's absolutely true. But I think the, the gap between them is, is what's relevant here. I, I wasn't surprised sure. to see Miami. Like one thing I, I think I picked up on, I bet them live as a dog when they had the lead. That was the angle I played on Miami when I was like, the books are still giving them. I saw that. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing. I don't know that Milwaukee's built to come from behind in the playoffs. And if Miami's ahead, Miami's hitting shots. So if any of these games, if Miami has a second quarter lead, I think I'm going to fire on Miami live. Hmm. That's going to be like an angle I'm going to look at. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's do series lanes. We'll hit these quick. Anything bettable right now? Let's start with Lakers Grizzlies as the Lakers get the win in game one behind a incredible performance from Anthony Davis, despite um, his very serious stinger injury, which caused him to leave and then come back. Um, Rui Hachimura, absolutely awesome. Brandon, I was kicking myself, man. Like I've singled out Vando without, I was like, Oh, Vando's the guy. And it was Rui. And I just like, honestly, he had fallen out of the rotation. It's not that I forgot Rui Hachimura existed, but if I had thought one more level on the prop play, because it was like Brandon Clark, Steven Adams are out. Ooh, they can't go small. The Lakers can get offensive rebounds. That'll be Vando. And instead, what I should have done was Rui points and rebounds over. And I felt so dumb. And now all the value has gone. I felt like such a blown opportunity in that game. I was kicking myself for that one. Um, Lakers, Grizzlies, what do you think is bettable now? Yeah, I'm not sure that that was necessary. I mean, obviously, it was a blown opportunity. If Rui would have hit all the overs you could have bet. I would be careful about betting any of these Lakers guys. Like any of any outside of what I'm just going to go ahead and call the big three. Let's go past the big two. Austin Reeves is him. He's in. We got a big three now. I'd bet Austin Reeves with confidence. He's going to play. I don't. Hachimura could play like 16 minutes in game two, and I wouldn't be phased at all. I think that they're just going to play whoever's hitting shots or whoever's working. Vando might play less now because. If Jaws out, he was the primary defender early on, and they don't need that anymore. Maybe they don't need him out there. Maybe they go more offense. Maybe D'Lo plays more now because he can't get cooked by Jaw, and maybe he's going to be. I don't know. Like I don't trust the rotation guys. I mentioned two angles for Lakers earlier. Grizzlies are slight favorites right now in Game Two. The line that's up, I believe, is minus one and a half Memphis at home. To me, that implies Jaws out. Do we? Yeah. Are we assuming Jaws out for yes. Game Two? Yes, the way he made it sound, I would be very surprised if Jaw played in game two. So we are really short on bodies for the Grizzlies at this point. And I think if Jaw is out for game two, we're in big trouble. Let's just review. Here's what the rotation looks like for Memphis. No Jaw. The starting lineup has Xavier Tillman and Tyus Jones in the starting lineup yeah. with, with Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, who I would not like in my starting lineup, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who was awesome, awesome in game one, but still not Anthony Davis. That's the lineup. Tyus, Bain, Dylan, JJ, and Xavier. That's not a playoff lineup. No. Here's the bench. Luke Kennard, Santiel Dama, uh, David Roddy, John Conchar, my Luke, guy, Luke, Zaire Luke Williams. Kennard. Luke Kennard. I, I mean, I said it, but like we are, we are short on bodies. I probably will have to be play. I, I might try to do some get really creative and play some Dylan Brooks over over points over threes, but Grizzlies to lose because usually if you go overs on guys on one team, 
then the book thinks that that means the team's going to win. And so I might kind of do a reverse correlation here because we saw last year when Jaw was out in the playoffs, Dylan was like, my turn. And if Dylan's like my turn, I'm like, bet the Lakers as much as I can right now because, oh boy, do I not think Dylan Brooks should be shooting and doing stuff. Lakers to win game two and the series plus 150. That's basically a money line bet to me. Barring a, a Lakers or, or barring a LeBron or Davis injury, if the Lakers go up 2-0 on the road and John might not even be playing, they're not losing four to the next five. That's done. And so I think that's an interesting play if you like the Lakers here, which I do. And then Lakers sweep as a nibble. Again, if you go up 2-0, if you win these games, and if Ja looks like he might not be back, you talked about the morale thing. I don't know, man. The, the Grizzlies fight hard, but are they going to LA and, and keeping the season alive for for what? I don't I don't really know what the point is at that point. That's a plus four fifty on the sweep. I want to wait. I think um I think over five and a half games might have some value. Over six and a half might have a little bit. I'll just say like game one was weird. It was two defensive teams that put up huge numbers in the on offensively. It was an outlier performance from the Lakers offensively. It was an outlier performance from the Grizzlies defensively and on the bad end. Um, yeah. I, I do kind of think, like, I think the Lakers are going to win the series. I think, so this is where it gets tough when we're doing podcast content because it's like, well, what do you think the best bet is? And I'm like, the bet that I had before the series, which was Lakers to win it, like, that's the best value in the series right now. But if you're looking to get in on it now, I do think probably taking like Lakers minus two and a half probably have some value because of, of the variance here of jaw. I will just say like, they play really well without jaw, but the problem is just like it, they play really well without jaw when they have Brandon Clark or Steven Adams. Yeah, exactly. And that's really bad. Um, I think Desmond will play well. Luke Kennard over is probably one I'm going to play. I think David mm-hmm. Roddy can play. I think David actually looked pretty mm-hmm. good in that game. Uh, Roddy's been surprisingly good this year. Uh, not on Zaire Williams at all. I got to say, too, I didn't say this when asked about the Lakers earlier when AC was on. I'm sorry. LeBron just doesn't look like LeBron right now. And I'm not going to put dirt on the grave and LeBron. Like, he's not bad. He's certainly not bad. But there are some leaky turnovers and some rough decisions and a lot of possessions where he's, I mean, we're running Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis pick and rolls to end the game while LeBron's like spotting up over on the perimeter with the game on the line, like that version of LeBron, if that's where we're at in the career, we're not going to the finals with that version of LeBron. I I say that to say, I I might put David Roddy on LeBron and just be like, like, I might be like, you know what? LeBron beat me. I can't believe that's a sentence that I would consider in basketball ever but I might be like, yeah, sorry, we're going to take Davis and Reeves away where we can and be like, LeBron, see if you can put up one of your 45s on us. I don't know that that's there right now. And if it is, hat tip, it's LeBron, so it goes. But to my my thinking on maybe Lakers value here, it's it's actually not anything to do with game one. It is, it if Jaw is out, the Grizzlies are cooked and it's a completely new read on the series. And if he's out even a game or two, I think it changes everything. So it's, I, I didn't see anything in game one. that was like, oh man, Lakers sweep. This is done. Not at all. This is not a game one read. This is a John Morant might be out and we're starting over and it could get ugly. Warriors Kings, by the way, I'm, I'm very excited for the possibility of you watching a, a LeBron versus these Warriors and how that, the, the <sighs> mental anguish that would put on you. Um, Warriors Kings, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I still think the Warriors win this series. I had Warriors like it's going to go short. That's dead. I'm, I'm off that. Like 
they need to win that game, and they didn't. They blew it. They blew it. I don't know what that last shot from Steph was, by the way. Push shot. What are you doing? Um, I still think the Warriors win the series. If they go down 0-2, I will probably have to bet Warriors. I think they win the home games. It's going to go long. We've talked about this in a number of ways already. Um, but I don't necessarily think that there's value now. I want to wait till after game two, and then I'll find a value that's going to be probably – I'm going to be looking for Warriors plays only. It's Warriors or nothing. Um, love the Kings. Amazing win. That was a great game. Fox was sensational. But I'm, I am not phased enough to get off of Warriors for this series. Yeah, I'm just not really playing the series still. This was a series I, I played Warriors to be up two games to one before the series, and that was it. I just I had this gut feeling coming in that things were going to get weird, and I, we kind of saw that in game one. Like I feel like we're getting a lot more game ones. I feel like we're going to get a lot of, oh, man, he hit a shot. You hit a shot back and forth. Like Here we are, two minutes left, and it's anyone's game. I think that, that like you said, the, the margin for the Warriors is not as strong as it was. And the Kings are up 1-0, and the Kings are really good. So I, I like the Warriors. I just like the Warriors 20 minutes ago on this recording. If I want to play the Warriors, if I like them in the series, I think the move is to go further in and to say, okay, you have to like the Warriors then next round where things are starting to line up, maybe further. So I'll sit the series out, and if you do like them like I do, just play like a West future instead. Um, yeah, I, I the Warriors... Would you bet Warriors to win game two and the series? That's at plus 150. Same bet as we just talked about the Lakers. Is that an angle for you? Yeah, Joe Delaro trying to get me in on that. Um, I think I'm content with my position right now, and I want to wait till game two. Okay. Um, because I think it's possible now that they, because they lost game one, I think it's possible they lose game two. And I guess I would say this is, I like the value better of how the market will react if the Kings go up 2-0 than I do about the value now at plus 150. I'll get a better Warriors price with a little bit more margin for error here to come back if they lose game two than I will if they win it. I'm not going to, like, even if I'm I, if I'm right in the plus 150, um, I am not going to be necessarily phased that much by if they lose game two. So it's not worth okay. it to me. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the and Orr! it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Suns Clippers, fantastic game, amazing game. Uh, This is one of my stronger plays was Clippers plus two and a half. I said, like, look, this is a really bad matchup for Phoenix. It's a really good matchup for the Clippers, but they don't have Paul George. I still think that's probably going to play a part. Um, a lot of weird things happened in this game, honestly, in terms of the Clippers. Like, I think the Clippers have a lot of ways that they can play better. I don't think this was like a top-end performance from the from the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't think it was a necessarily awful game from the Suns. We talked about the lack of depth and all these types of things and the value there. Um, we mentioned it briefly, but is there a specific play that you like on St. Suns Clippers for where you got to lean? There is, and it's a lean. So you've been more on the Clippers than I have. I haven't been in on this series yet. The Clippers are plus 160 to win the series right now. They're up one nothing. They ostensibly have home court. Would you consider the plus 160, or what percentage chance would you give the Clippers right now, up 1-0, to win the series? I'd have to think about it. To win it is tough. 
it's just really tough. I think what I would do actually though, is I would wait because we both expect the Clippers. We expect the Suns to win game two. Yes. No, Ooh, not know. necessarily. Okay. I'm not playing I, that one. If I was going to play, I think I would just play the long money line. It, you give me a long money line on either one of these teams when you have Kawhi and KD playing as well as there. I'm just going to take my chances. I want to wait because I do think there's a chance to get a Clippers later at a better price. Okay. Um, so here, here's my angle for you. I, I got creative on this one. I have one more like this. I'll keep it short. If the Clippers win the series, I don't think that they're going to sweep the Suns or win in five. I think that if the Clippers win, they win a long series. So rather than bet the plus 160, and get creative, do the thing we like to do. Clippers in six plus 550, Clippers in seven plus 900. Play both of those, we're basically an implied 25%. So you're getting a plus 300 series line instead. I think that's a good ticket. I think the Clippers up 1 0 to get a plus 300 on the team up 1 0 with Kawhi Leonard looking like he did in that game. I think that's a good ticket. I'm still not going to go too crazy on it because I don't have a good feel for either of these teams. But I think if you like the Clippers and think it still has to go long to get there, it gives you a margin. I don't hate a Clippers Western Conference ticket right now. Hmm. As much as the Nuggets dominate that matchup, they don't dominate enough for me to not like a Clippers. Like we we said, the if not Suns, it will. If not Suns, about the team that might beat them. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, we talked about Heat Bucket, the Heat Box. Don't need to go over that one. Nuggets Wolves. My only real thing on on the Nuggets is. Um, don't overreact to that game. Wolves were have had a really rough week. They're shorthanded. That's not going to improve, but they had a really rough week. They had an outlier bad performance across the board. They were outclassed in totality, and they weren't, I can't be like, but they were still in the game. No, they got housed. Like, the Nuggets definitively were way, 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 way better than them and played like it, and that's really encouraging for Denver. At the same time, weird things can happen i wouldn't go sweep here i wouldn't go nuggets at five i wouldn't play those i just think you need to wait and if you really are just like but i really loved how denver looked then bet denver western conference because they're still underdogs compared to the suns you're still getting a longer price they haven't moved the market has not moved on on like like denver went in and went, was the only western conference team that looked like it's seed and yet the market is just like okay cool because that's how little respect they have for the Wolves. Um, there's nothing to play here right now on the series. Yeah, I try to find an angle here because I actually sort of kind of thought that the matchup was decent for Minnesota coming in before game one. Oh, it nice. didn't, look, didn't look good, didn't look great. But Minnesota loves to force a lot of turnovers. Denver gets sloppy at times with the ball. Minnesota loves to score twos. Denver's two-point defense is not very good. Minnesota is bad at free throws, but Denver doesn't get to the line a lot. There's, all my things, all my four factors, I was like, uh, Denver doesn't really look like they should be a one versus eight favorite here, according to those things. I, those matchups are still there, and I think Denver has to be overinflated after destroying Minnesota in game one. So I was like, all right, there's got to be a little bit of, of value somewhere in Minnesota, but what is it? I certainly don't want to pick them to win the series. So let me float two bets at you and see if you like either of these. Nuggets to be up two games to one, minus 105. We're up 1-0. We either get up 2-0 and then kind of do the Denver thing. We're like, all right, we're good. We're fine. Minnesota gets the home game. Or Minnesota steals and Denver steals back. What do you think about Denver 2-1 lead? 
Nope. I think it's entirely possible that Denver just outclasses them in three straight and it's 3-0. I don't think it's your numbers are not good enough to justify the minus 105. Okay. So in which case you would also think that a sweep is very in very possible if we get there, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you won't like this one either. Nets or sorry, nuggets. Nuggets in five plus two of five, nuggets in six plus four fifty. That also basically comes out to a minus one oh four if you do both of those. I like this one better. I think Minnesota gets a game. I think Minnesota is good enough, has matchup advantages, has talent there. And also Denver, we've seen other times kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't know that Denver is going to have that killer closer mentality. Maybe Minnesota after the week they just had is ready to close themselves out if we get there. But I think I was going to bet it. I would do that. It's not going seven. I don't think it's a sweep. So getting it in between. I think it could go seven. I think it could be a sweep. All right. Like, so you hate that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I'm telling you, like Denver could absolutely just like randomly lose a game where there's like outliers, like Torreon Prince hits five threes. Um, they could lose two that way. Denver could also like the Wolves play absolutely phenomenal in game four to try and avoid the sweep. But Jokic decides, uh, no, I want a week. I want a week off. No, thanks. Hard pass. Like Suns and Clippers is going long. No, no, thanks. Um, I, I just don't think that you can trust either of these teams best or worst uh, the way okay. you can in the Eastern Conference. Cavs, Knicks. I was off on this. You were right on this. Uh, Cavs minus two and a half is dead. Like this is going to be a long series. I don't, I still don't necessarily love the Knicks formula here. I think the Cavs have a lot of options, but I did realize that there's not a coaching advantage, which is inherently part of my cap for, for Tibbs matchups. If I don't have a a coaching advantage, I can't bet this. I'm just, I'm looking to just like sink in my losses on Cavs, Knicks and moving on. So it's weird because even though I was more right of the two of us on this series, I'm kind of also staying away. Like I, I feel better certainly on the Knicks position, the Knicks plus one and a half. I feel good about it, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel like, all right, I'm already counting my money on that one. Like these are just not great teams. They're neither one is a great team. They're flawed profiles. I also, my favorite bet still right now probably would be if I could get a decent line on the over five and a half, the long series. I don't even think that's a lock. I think it's entirely possible in like an ugly close game that the Knicks win a game too. I think it's in play. And if they do, now you're up 2-0 on road games and coming back to New York. And I think we could get like one of those, we tend to get one of those like five games, but they were close games sort of series. I could see this kind of trending that way. Heck, I could see this going Cleveland in five on a bunch of close games that Cleveland scrapes. I like, I just, I feel like we're at a variant series and we're going to have a lot of like, ah, young guys. I don't know if the shots are going to fall. This to me is just a series where I'm not going to stake too much of my winnings on anything here. I will probably, once the adjustments kick in, I will probably have an angle. I need to see another two games, I think, before we get there. We got a long way to go. Don't have to bet, don't have to bet <laughs> everything after game one. Sixers, Nets, I should have bet sweep before the series started. Like, I'm willing to overact at game one because you got 30 from McHale and you had no shot. Like, that was a game that the Nets should have, like, that was a formula for the Nets to win outright. And they got housed because the Sixers have such a huge margin for error in the series. Joel didn't have a great game. Tyrese Maxey didn't have a great game. Thanks, Tyrese. Um, 
I like Anthony Melton over suddenly in the series because they're now staggering Melton instead of Maxi. Maxi's now the starter and then playing the starter rotation versus Melton, who's now the, the stagger guy. Uh, plus 200 for the sweep is not bad. I'll probably sprinkle that. But, like, I genuinely do not. If the Nets can't shoot like that and get even close, there is no point to the series. Yeah, I don't want the sweep just because, hi, I'm Brandon. I don't like trusting Philadelphia to do good things. So I don't trust them to put their foot on Brooklyn's neck. They certainly could. They certainly should. I came away watching live in that first game. You know, it's it's the first game of the playoffs. So you're locked in. You're like, okay, I got my laptop. Yeah. I'm taking notes. And I'm like, what? What are we what doing? Are doing? I, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> I came away initially thinking, all right. I even texted you and, and Raheem Palmer. I text you guys, the Nets are going to win at least one of these. And you were, came away the opposite side. Uh, the Nets just look good. They look they were scoring really easily. They had 65% effective field goal, which is the highest in NBA history in a loss. I don't know if it's good or bad. It seems bad in hindsight. Like what you're saying, here's the numbers I came away worried about afterward. You're going to, they hit their shots. And I thought, okay, well, Brooklyn at least has a three-point advantage. No, they don't. Nope. Philadelphia took 14 more threes than nope. Brooklyn. That's not going to cut it. Philadelphia had nine more offensive rebounds. Philadelphia had 11 fewer turnovers. It's not going to work for me. Philadelphia had 19 more shots. If the team that's way, way, way better, that we all know is way, way, way better, also gets 19 more times to be better, it's going to go very badly for Brooklyn. So I still don't trust them because I don't trust Philadelphia ever. And they're going to have to, they're going to be winning a title they're going to be like cutting down the nets like it's March Madness. And I'm still going to be like, but what if Joel Embiid slips on the ladder? I don't know, guys. Like, that's what it's going to take for me to finally trust the team. So if you can just throw out the brand and trust issues, the, the numbers are really bad. And the sweep probably is the right way to go. They can't, Brooklyn can't win games when they're getting 20 fewer shots up, no matter how well they shoot. We just saw it and they lost by 20. Um, This entire podcast I've preached Hey, don't overreact. Give it some time. Be patient. <laughs> Things twist and turn. Sixers and four, Celtics and four, parlay at FanDuel Sportsbook plus 770. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. Don't hate it. I don't hate don't it. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to make the whole case again for Celtics sweep. We're, we're at Celtics, I think, here. I already made the case on the Monday podcast. Our, our preview for Boston game two, my best bet is a Celtics sweep plus 190. Yeah. So I, I clearly I like that. I think that one's a wrap. I, I pretty much just made the case for sweep, which you did also. So I think it's certainly in play. I think too, a thing that's underrated about the sweep factor here, Boston and Philly destroyed people on Saturday. These guys, you know, they, they watch games, right? These players are at home watching games on Sunday. They sat home and watched Giannis Antetokounmpo gets hurt. John Morant gets hurt. Tyler Hero breaks his hand. Like we're, we're getting injuries. John Morant, possibly out for a while, like Paul George gonna be out for a while. There should be a little bit of a sense of urgency of like, Hey, you know what? We got to play this other team. Who's also plowing a team through. Let's just get business done, get out of here and not risk injury. I do think that extra little sense of urgency kicks in. I don't mind the double sweep play. We're going to do it for buckets for Monday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with best bets throughout the week. We got stuff for you five days a week. We'll have bets for you on both the individual games and for series. Make sure to check all that out. Follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. 
you can also follow me on Twitter at HB Basketball. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. We'll see you guys again next time. Until then, get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.